I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Well, it's been one year, nearly a year since we uh, had the Inspired Unemployed on our podcast. Um, it seems fucking mental. Like, uh, feels like it was only like two or three months ago. And we've had a shitload of guests since then. And of course, we come out of COVID and we've all been vaccinated or... I guess we're all being vaccinated. I haven't checked. I haven't bothered checking. Um, we've had interest rate rises. We've had house prices crash. Uh, what a difference a year makes. And we're going into a pretty confusing, scary 2023. But we keep fucking going on here at The Mentor and at Straight Talk. So um, I guess let's this just touch on some of the things. Oh, I've got the whole team here. I'm going to touch on a couple of things that um, are current. Um and I think it's worthwhile me getting some feedback from the gang. Um, probably the first one is, well, let's talk about crypto. Crypto's collapsed. It's on the nose. Well, and what's worse is uh, crypto exchanges, of course, a fucking major problem. Um, that goes along with the crypto collapse as well. Crypto exchanges, that's a place where people put their cryptocurrencies, they store them, and someone's just been basically, it looks like they've been actually helping themselves to that currency and doing what they want with it. And the guy's now been charged. They got him out of the Bahamas. I don't know if he's, he's still in the Bahamas. Not Jono would know this. Jono, is he out of the Bahamas? Or he's still- he is. He's been arrested. He's arrested. Sam Bankman freed. Um, yeah, the whole crypto story has been very interesting. But, I mean, I think you've always been attracted to it and the idea of like the, uh, the, the DeFi yep. argument, right? Do you yeah. still think that there's a future for it there? Or- yeah. Well, I, I just think distributed financial data, I mean, obviously they use blockchain, is this – definitely a road for it. I mean, it should be, it's got to be there. But the problem is as soon as you have anything that's valuable and it gets traded and there's lots of activity and everybody's interested in, you get the people coming in that they manipulate it. So we've got to do something to stop the manipulation in order to continue what is the good things about um, DeFi and um, and that is how do you control controlled environments? And that's where ASIC comes in, the re- regulator comes in, that's where uh, governments come in, that's where you know, central banks come in, that's where the Bank of England will come in, that's where, by the way, Australian government, well, the Australian Reserve Bank had put a paper out last week on um, the digital environment and more importantly, looking at uh, their own digital currency and what they should be doing in relation to digital currency. When you consider China's had one for like five years now and, uh, you know, it will soon soon start telling us all that um, if we want to buy something, we've got to use their digital currency Um, and that's going to be a bit out there. So, uh, yeah, I think there's room for it. 
it's uh, going to be an interesting next couple of years as all the governments start to weigh in. Uh, crypto is, I hate the fucking word, crypto. I mean, it sounds like creepy. It's just a bad sounding word. Um, I, I think they need to change the word, maybe called digital currency or something, I don't know, but change it. You don't need to have this crypto, crypto bros and all this shit. It sounds a bit, uh, you know, like uh, to me, cowboyish and um, it's it, it's a drama. Left, right and centre, it's a drama. They need to change the whole view on it. I get that. I think like you go back three, four years ago and the whole crypto space was if you weren't in crypto, it's like, oh, you're not in crypto yet? You're and not now, cool. And now it's come to this new era of it where it's like, oh, you're still in crypto. Like I thought going to 2023, people are either – I'm walking on eggshells a bit about whether they're actually going to be investing more or less. Like I think, or where they won't invest. Well, yeah, that's the big one. Yeah, because they're like, you go to 2023, you're thinking about where should I invest, and where should I not invest. It's it's about not investing, or where should I not invest. 2023 is about taking the risk out of your investment profile. Because if you if you don't know to invest, just put it in the bank and earn interest. Get five percent interest. That's pretty good. Whereas a year ago, well, like, you're getting five percent. That must be good. <laughs> no, you can get five percent in the bank now. There are banks that are giving you five percent yeah, right. interest. Whereas a year ago, you were lucky to get point one of a percent. Yeah. So of course you're going to put your money in crypto. So people now are playing this trade-off game. Okay, well, it's about where should I not invest, and where should I just go and try and as opposed to before it was shit I'll invest in anywhere because I'm just desperate to get some fucking return anywhere. So crypto was one of those places. But I, I, I still like crypto. I mean, I, I, I still like DeFi as a as a decentralized finance is good because I don't see why everything should go through the banking system because it's slow, the banks take fees. You've probably all seen that meme where, you know, when I paid cash, I bought something with cash and uh, I gave you 100 bucks. You got the 100 bucks cash, and then you might give it to Simon, and, and Simon gets the 100 bucks in return for something he's done for you. And then you go to Jess, and the 100 bucks cash goes back to Dimitri, and Dimitri buys something for me, and it's still $100 cash. <laughs> Whereas if it was a credit card transaction, uh, I pay you by credit card, the bank takes a percentage of the 100 bucks, then it goes, then you pay, so you've got less money. So you then go to uh, Simon, and Simon, bank takes something from Simon and every time the transaction by the time it gets back to me that hundred bucks has now been reduced and it's all what it's been reduced by is now sitting in the banking system so some would say that the banking system is the big beneficiary of getting rid of cash and owning digital currencies mm. so it's a we we are entering a very very unusual critical period of change and I don't call it the reset or anything like that but like the great reset whatever it is but there is we're having infrastructure and structural change right at the moment and we've got to be on, get a get ahead around it but let's move on Twitter we can talk about losses for Elon Musk in the Twitter world yeah man okay tell me tell me what losses he's had because he we don't know it like that. Well, well, it hasn't, hasn't been um they, you know, he paid 44 billion but like, we don't know what his value today though. I guess that's a problem I, I think right. it, I think it's just um it's a loss of uh, liquidity and uh, agency, I guess, for him is the way he sees it. I mean, like he was already liquidating so much of his Tesla stock to fund SpaceX, which um, itself is valued at like 100. Its valuation has increased like uh, by a third this year, um, but that's a whole other story. So he's already wearing down his, twi- his Tesla stock and then is like, you know, jokes on Twitter, I'm going to buy Twitter, and then gets caught up in this maelstrom of, oh, okay, I'm going to do it, and I've agreed to do it and signed it. I bought it. And now has to buy it, and so has to go. Then find forty-four billion dollars because most, like whether it's Bezos, Bill Gates, Bill Gates is slightly different, but um, 
Bezos, Elon Musk, all these like the most wealthy people in the world, so little of their wealth is actually accessible. Mm. So much of it's tied up in the paper value of, of their companies, right? So, yeah, I mean, you think just getting, uh, you know, young people like us trying to find enough money for a deposit for a... Just a billion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just a billion is a gigantic amount of money. Um, and, I mean, and to find that, but I'd say yeah, there's a lot of debt in there and I'd say he's got a lot of co-investors. So there's no way in the world you said, oh, well, let's no, go right. to my bank and I'll borrow some money and here's some shares I'll put up a security or a couple of houses or whatever he's going to put up a security. There'd be co-investors left, right, centre, yeah. just just the same as SpaceX and everything else he's doing. Um, but And they wouldn't be very happy. Um, but he would have had to anchor it. So there's no way he wouldn't be able to raise all the money. He would have had to put some of his own dough in there or commit some of his own dough. So um, so it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a happy position. But these guys don't sort of care about that sort of stuff. I mean, it's not really where we're at. No, but Elon Musk has always been notoriously known for the fact that he is a liquid billionaire. Like he's got, he's like, he brags about the fact that he sleeps on his mate's couches and he doesn't, he's like, you know, oh, they can't take my yacht if I don't own one. So yeah, he yeah, always yeah, brags yeah. about that fact that he's, you know, he's untouchable. So definitely as a billionaire, probably well-suited in that way to find the money. He's but certainly still, an unusual cat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, he is right out there. Well, yeah, he's. I think the thing with Elon is he is someone that still is very heavily reliant on his image. And I, now through his takeover of Twitter, first of all, that entire online landscape has completely changed, like how Twitter has been seen. They sacked, you know, thousands of people and – it's still, you know, Twitter is still working. So it, it's made a lot of people ask, what would were these- you go on Twitter now? I use Twitter in for news, and I use it, you know, to there's spe- specific people which I follow to get their takes on. Here, here. What about around so, the room? Who, who uses Twitter? I don't. I don't use it. I use, I use Twitter. You use it. Yeah. What do you use it for? I uh, use it to yeah, like like Simon said for news, but also to I follow specific accounts to get uh, different uh, knowledge and quotes and things like that. So it's for a very specific purpose of knowledge because there's so many people coming out now with uh, like these tweet storms, and you can learn about you know ten things to know about. X industry and Y industry. So that's what I use it for, for learning, but I don't know anything else. I, I think it's a social tool. I literally search Mark Boris every day <laughs> and every now and then somebody says something about you. And that's but, but I don't use it much anymore. No. In fact, I've very rarely still got like 35,000 followers, but really? I, I think you must have used it back in the day a bit more. I, do, I used yeah. it, yeah, yeah. Like, Five six years ago, but are people abusing me or putting shit on me? What are they no, no, they're usually saying <laughs> just don't, just don't search. Yeah. How great Mark is! Oh, yeah, right. so, okay. oh it's no. so good that he posted something on TikTok that's put it on Twitter as well. well, and the, spent, yeah, well yeah, yeah. the thing with, um, I mean, this podcast is the mentor, uh, and like, just to take a lesson. Like Elon Musk is the kind of person, like the, until this year, I'd say, pretty universally regarded as someone who can take you know any business and make it. Uh, like disrupt an industry and and make businesses run efficiently. People might not have, you know, there's always been stories about how hard he makes people work and all that. But the interesting thing about Twitter is like, yeah, I mean, and I think it speaks for the whole tech sector. Like they've had some, you've spoken about it so much on the pod this year, Mark, how much money's gone into some of these companies and it's sort of have the, have the books just stacked and stacked and stacked with staff and how much work do they actually do? Can Elon Musk turn Twitter into a, a company that's as profitable as Meta? Or well, a business that makes money for a start. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, because the 260 million uh, users before he bought it, um, how many of those bots, whatever, but uh, has an outsized influence in the way Western societies run, really, and how information is shared. Is there a, he spoke about wanting to turn it into like the, the West's equivalent of WeChat or something. Well, yeah, because for him, can he do it? He always said, like, this is 
uh, he always said this is something about being coming the town square and yeah. he wanted this to be like become a choice of freedom of speech because he saw it as a place where people were being censored and silenced. Do you think he's on the road to actually turning Twitter into something like that? I don't, I, I'll be honest, I never know what Musk is really talking about. Like um, what he says and what he does is different things. And I reckon he's the, the master of um, diversionary tactics and the master of um, just throwing shit out there to put you off the trail. You never know what he's really doing. Like one minute he's not going to buy it, then he's going to buy it, then he's not going to buy it, like, then he ends up with it. And um, he's going to turn to town square, but he's going to let these people on, but he's not going to let these people on. Um, I, you know, back on, I'm talking about back on back on the Twitter platform. Um, I, I, I just find him really hard to, to place, really hard to pick, which is why he's so dangerous. He would be an enormously dangerous opponent. By the way, Trump's same. You don't know how they're going to change their mind. Like, and they could say something today and literally 180 degree about face the next day and without the slightest amount of compunction and or you wouldn't, you wouldn't even pick it on their face. You know, like uh, I don't want to say it, but it's nearly uh, what's psychologically out there. I want to use the word that <laughs> some people might use to describe those individuals. But a lot of those people, a lot of great business owners are a bit sociopathic, uh, uh, lots of them in the past, and I've known them. And, um, and I don't mean in a dangerous way, but in terms of picking the way they're actually thinking and then they do change their mind like literally overnight and they'll come back in the next day and they'll just say, I'll just reassess the situation. Do you see any of those qualities of any of the business owners that we've had come through the mentor this year? <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good question. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I reckon the, um, uh, the, the, the Inspired Unemployed Boys, there's a little bit of that going on there. Um, because you don't quite know really what their game is, uh, like really where they, where they are. Are they really full-on business guys with a, a beer brand called Better Beer, um, actually doing TV ads with, you know, we've seen a whole lot of them on TV this year, or are they just fucking around people? Are they just fuck around people? Very true. Can we touch on um, the quiet quitting and Elon cutting, yeah. culling like 1,500 staff or something like that? And like because it drove... Um, headlines for ages and there was a hard line in the sand in terms of um, business owners whether or not they saw it as a good thing or an absolute psychotic thing people who are my age and younger are very much going in the movement of quite quitting and I deserve more from my workplace than and the other way around it should be this symbiotic relationship we're talking about power shifts okay power shifts okay yes. so Power shifts are based in my, uh, from my you know observations. Power shifts are based on where the um, demand is. So the demand has been clearly in favour of employees over the past couple of years. As a result, a whole lot of reasons. We've got the lowest unemployment just about everywhere in the world that each uh, economic region has ever experienced. Australia is a good example. So the demand shift is can be overlaid with the power shift and. The power shift doesn't occur, though. It hasn't occurred in the past when we've had these sort of phenomenons because we haven't had the platforms to tell people about it. So um, individuals have, been not, have not been aware of how powerful they have become as employees, for example, in where the demand has moved over to their side of the ledger. But now digital environments make people more aware of the power that they possess. And then you just need a few people, trade unions, et cetera, just to start to play with that a little bit. And all of a sudden we get... Um, 
everybody feeling empowered in order in that they can then go and tell their employer, listen, we, we sh- we sh- we're stakeholders in this environment. We should be getting something back for what we put into this business apart from just our wages. So that's the quiet quitting thing. If you don't give it to me, I'm just going to do my fucking job and that's all you're going to get, which is probably, and by the way, employers don't push back because they're too fucking scared. So what do they do? So they wait until recessions come. Then they wait for the unemployment number to change. It's about data. You wait for that number to change. I know in my own businesses, not this one, not you guys, <laughs> but other businesses I've got. <laughs> other businesses I've got, I know how it works. And, uh, and I'm now experienced, I have experienced it last year. The power has been taken away from me because the demand side is in the employee's favour. But it, that'll change at some stage. How does that feel as an employer? Um, it, it's just cyclic cyclical, whatever the word is. For me, I just go, well, that's what it is at the moment. It'll change. Nothing stays the same. One thing 2022 is nothing stays the same. And and it's, it's not staying the same or changing more radically, in other words, bigger gyrations over shorter periods of time than I've ever seen in the past. To go from an economy that's absolutely booming in February, March, April, to an, uh, an economy that's starting to cave in for the rest of the year, it's fucking mental. I've never seen any. Like to see, go for an economy that didn't have a, a rate rise, interest rate rise for 12 years, 2010 through 2022, to I think nine rate rises in uh, as many months is fucking mental. I've never seen that. Uh, normal cycles are six rate rises, six rate rise up, five down, you know, just nice even things. So, and everything's everything's is on the edge. But I want to talk about what you're wearing your current because just you want to keep talking about this. I'm, I'm going to have to talk to you after this because you, you want to keep talking about. Uh, um, I just know that our listeners want to know how to retain um, employees at the moment and or hiring, and that is like one of our just biggest stay questions. calm, stick with what you got, pay the price price that you have to pay for it, wait and see what happens down the track. Um, that's 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 the only way you can approach because you cannot influence it no matter what you do. You just can't change the dynamics because they're market dynamics. Markets are made up of millions of participants and bits of data. You as one individual don't have have any power whatsoever to change that dynamic because you're only one of those millions of pieces of data. Well, of course, the other thing we, we haven't seen, definitely you guys haven't seen, I have, I saw Vietnam War, but... We got a war, and I saw Desert Storm, all that sort of stuff, and was in business at the same time. But most of you guys have never been in business whilst there's been a war on. Definitely not. How do you feel about that, the war in Ukraine? Uh, Yeah. Uh, John, you're going to go last. (laughs) Yeah, what do you think, Dimitri? Uh, I think think it's been crazy to see uh, because I am the youngest one here. (laughs) But I think it is that uh, it is crazy for me to see a war going on in live time. I'm seeing. Going, scrolling through Instagram and I'm seeing clips of people getting bombed and things, all these things going on. It's like we're watching a live stream, you know, of a war. It's pretty crazy. So hasn't affected my life too much, I've got to be honest. Um, I think we're pretty lucky to be here. Uh, but I just think it's the idea that we're just seeing because uh, just something live as it happens every day, I think it's been... More of a spectacle for exactly you. Exactly right. It's, it, but it's just not necessarily out of entertainment, but more so just out of uh, almost taken back. It's just... How is this happening? Because if you rewind back to you know World War One, World War Two, uh, Vietnam War as well, you you hear lots of rumors. You see everything through the papers, the mainstream. Now we're actually getting to make our own mind up about what's going on. We're way more involved in 
on the other side of the world. So it's been interesting in that regard. Do any of you see the two sides of the story, Jono? Just let's say, yeah, I'm just staying out of it until Anyone who's seeing both sides of the story? Uh, I mean, Russia's side and Ukraine's side. Yeah, yeah. I am trying to understand both sides. As Dimitri's saying, you're watching something happen in real time. I don't know how to interpret a war such as this. I've been to Ukraine. I was there in 2019 and I think Eastern Europe is fantastic. And there are city squares which I've stood in which now don't exist. And you try and understand the narrative of why something like this would happen and the ideas of Who's in who's in whose territory and why mm. they have a need? Jono, alrighty. So, um, you got two minutes. Oh shit. Okay. Um, look, we, we all, like, most of our listeners, the mentor, and all of us, we live in Western societies. Um, I think we, we should agree. Oh, oh shit. Um, Mask got a timer up. We all agree on f- the freedom of speech, the freedom to do what you like with yourself, um, and the freedom to run your life and your society the way you want to. And this is the the Ukraine war. There's been obviously wars, and and whether it's right for the US to invade Middle East and all that stuff, and or Vietnam and that. But this is a the last couple of years have been a real test of democracy, and this is the first year that. Um, well, I mean, this year it's felt like the tide sort of shifted back, and you know, obviously it's mentor. It's a business show. Think about. The, Elon, how important Elon Musk as a, and his business has been. Like Starlink is keeping the entire Ukrainian military operation going. Mm. Um, the attacks on Russia. Keeps my farm there. going. Keeps your farm going. I mean, slightly less important to the security <laughs> of the nation. Uh, I'm just, just saying. But Pretty fucking important. But There's the, tunnels everywhere. The, um, yeah. I, how, like it's, so on the one, it's like, okay, idealistically, economies and countries and societies need to stand up for what they believe in. And what we're also learning is that war is no longer just a, a three-day blitzkrieg operation. It's, okay, no matter how technologically advanced you are, it requires industrial capability and building on the theme of COVID and, sec- and sec- economic security. You need to have the industrial base to provide for your country because you don't know what's going to happen with other countries around the world, right? Um, and additionally, the impacts of, you know, wheat prices um, um, Shipping a gas, the gas shortage in, in affecting manu- Aussie manufacturers is all because of this issue in Ukraine. Um, large parts of the developing world are going to be going to a famine next year because the wheat has not been able to be exported from Ukraine. And what does that mean for that people, you and I? Uh, for us, it doesn't mean a lot because um, your toast is going to cost more. It, it, well, potatoes are costing more because of some other reasons, but um, where toast? I'm not talking about yeah, toast. Yeah. <laughs> well, some, all I know yeah, is so. that. It used to cost me a certain amount to fill up my car and now it cost me this much and I was feeling that sting. That was the the, the only time that I was really feeling it. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think we are very lucky. For so will we, will we be feeling it a lot more next year? I don't think so, no. Um, I, I think we've probably got through the worst of the economic effects on, on people. I'm, I'm, I'm no trained economist, uh, but... If it stays the way it is, if it escalates, there's a problem. Yeah. That's the issue. If if this escalates, if Putin goes and drops a you know a cluster, you know atomic bomb or something like that, you know, whatever We're these fucked. things are called, yeah. So it, and he knows. By the way, he knows this is not just about I'm going to invade Ukraine. The way I'm going to fuck everybody over, helping them is I'm going to starve the world. He knows the effect of what he's, and he also knows the effect of taking down all the infrastructure when the winter comes. No, no warm water, just cold water. Taps freeze, can't get drinking water, so like it's a big deal. And to, and to run water um, um, systems, in other words, sending water to people's home, you need power. This doesn't just flow because it's like a river. 
So he knows all this shit. So he's going to starve a nation out. That's pretty bad. He's smoking them out. Yeah. It's pretty uncool. Like, anyway, China, we just talked to a hacker, okay? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And, uh, straight talk. In straight talk, yes. And uh, if you, uh, this conspiracy theorist, you'd say, mm, all the hacking is coming, a lot of hacking is coming out of China, perhaps, at least some part of it would be, and also they run TikTok, and uh, they introduced a. This is what some would say. They introduced a virus into the world, and the virus made us all stay at home because you know we we were quarantined. As a result of getting quarantined, we were on TikTok um, because it was one of the most popular ones that you know it was around, and you know nine hundred million users a day. And all of a sudden, all the data is being gathered by China because they forced us into using this stuff as a result of being stuck at home. Um, and then they, they've also got the supply chain advantage over us as well. We can't really buy anything out of anywhere other than China because China's, you know, become the manufacturer of the world. What do you guys think? Conspiracy? Uh, it's all bullshit. It's only conspiracy if you think people can't other people can't think the same way as you. Like they're, they're just China's pursuing its interests. But what, what's interesting, and we're seeing it play out the last couple of weeks, being the protests about COVID, the COVID zero policies in China. Like they haven't had... Yeah, but they've dropped it. it. Yeah, they're, they're going to drop it. And so... No, they have dropped it. She's dropped the quarantine. So, so it's, it's interesting because I, I thought he'd say, no, fuck you, I'm, I'm the boss. I'll, I'll continue. But he's smart. He said, oh, okay, I'm not that popular as a result of this. I'm going to allow, allow them to do what they want to do. Let them, I'll, I'll re- re- reduce the, the restrictions so that everybody feels like they've got a little win. Because, like, the entire, like, the economic story of China is, is miraculous. And how many people have been lifted out of poverty, how living standards have improved, and the economy's grown at, a, like, a stupidly high rate, seven, high, seven, high 7% for decades. But the last couple of years, it's, like, barely croaked. Obviously, COVID's a barrier, but... The Chinese economy was completely open internally uh, during COVID, for the exception of you know locking down cities. But like Shanghai, one of the world's financial hubs, was just shut down this year for weeks, um, and the Chinese people don't don't like that. Uh, so as as and you know manufacturing supply chains don't like that either around the world. Uh, uh, lots of Australian businesses importing and exporting were definitely seen that this year. Um, but next year, as there's no most of the Chinese population aren't vaccinated because the narrative around Western vaccines don't work. No one's no one trusts them. Old people don't trust the Chinese vaccines in, in China. There's no natural immunity. So, so what are you saying, John? John, say I, it. There's going to be a 
when COVID gets into the community next year, and we might not see the actual numbers and the data around it, but you will see it um, anecdotally in a lot of people will die, unfortunately. Like the next year between like yeah, fam- famine around the world and like a giant percentage of the Chinese labor force will be impacted by this. I think if there's a, just to add to all of that, I think if there's a big takeaway that's come out of the last two years or so, it's just that with all the things that we've spoken about from economies to currencies to um, health crises, all of these sort of things, it's that everyone needs to be a critical thinker and not just, uh, I guess, follow the herd and just accept everything that he said. I think it needs to think for yourself, have your own thoughts, your own, I guess, um, free volition to uh, I guess, and pursue your own um, interests and also your own thoughts and your own beliefs as well. So how do you do that, Dimitri? You personally? Question everything. <laughs> question everything. I've got, yeah, we all work in a very creative space. We, you know, we're we very inquisitive by nature and that's how um, we all produce these podcasts and um, obviously put out content that hopefully everyone listening enjoys. Um, but it's if we have an inquisitive mind in these spaces about you know we had hacker on we have all these different um porn stars. people porn stars so if we have all these people that we're inquisitive by nature asking questions why do we stop in our personal lives and the things that affect us most directly in our um, businesses as well and yeah exactly um, right yeah you can don't take this quite a, the status quo for for granted absolutely okay, okay let's have a recap then of our year so we I don't know how many we are, 120, 130,000 now followers on Instagram? Yeah, 120,000. It's doubling last year. It's doubling last year. Oh, that's cool. Um, How do we go on the business podcast, Jess, and uh, sort of mentored? Did we, what was our place? We got third place this year. Yeah, so um, the Australian Podcast Awards was held back in. Oh, November, November. Um, and we the mentor was nominated for business award. Um, thanks to our audiences, thanks to you Very guys. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mark says hello. Um, we came third. Um, to be honest, I think we were robbed. Robbed. Um, I definitely think we were robbed. One of the great robberies in Australian mm. uh, history. Mentor killed him. What a straight talk. Straight talk. Killed it with the audience. Yeah, it's become in terms of audience numbers, or people love it. Yeah. So if you have a look at the graph that I have a look at three times a day, um, you'll see that we were plodding along around August. We were increasing in numbers, but then we just went zoom, and we probably tripled our listenership since last year. Um, so that's doing really well. Let's Sex see. and crime. Would you be able to sort of put a ring around those things that like those podcasts or those genres that have actually catapulted us like sex, crime, health? What are, what are we looking at? Well, crime is always going to do well. Like yeah, that's why across is that? the board. Because people don't want to die and they want to see the other. <laughs> I think it's, it's I have, a, I've had this conspiracy. It's that voyeurism of like something that is so just completely. Someone else's world. Yeah, it's not. It's nowhere near me. I'm. I've never been to jail, and I will never murder. Totally. So, totally. So when you have these people in, and you're actually getting a real bit inside of. But no, what about sex? You can't apply that to sex, though. Well, I think there's still taboos around sex. Like we've had um, porn stars in in the past. We've Angela had, White. Yeah, exactly. We're Samantha X. Samantha mm, X. Yeah, on the mentor. On the mentor. Like these are still industries that, you know, twenty years, even ten years ago, still didn't weren't as widely accepted. And I think as, you know, through OnlyFans, through 
you know, I think our world is becoming a lot more sexually open or the conversation is had in public that it's just grown more interest and people want to hear these stories. Yeah, I just thought we were a lot more free. I didn't realise how little people know about the sex industry still. Maybe it's because I just, you know, go down rabbit holes and stuff like that um, and I'm interested in this sort of stuff. But... <laughs> You're digging a hole. That's what you're fucking doing. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jess. Come on, tell us. Uh, um, but yeah, I was just surprised. You're like, now subscribe to Pornhub. Did you? Do you think like our nation is very Christian, still heavily Christian? Yeah, conservative. And conservative. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I just, I was a little bit surprised at how little people know and stuff like that, yeah. how freely available this stuff is. Well, generationally, I mean, like I'm way generational from you guys. and uh, I forget. Yeah, thank you. And uh, <laughs> But I appreciate that. But 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 equally, like uh, it's sort of quite revealing to me when I listen to someone like Angela. But it's, So can I, come on, guys, give me a favourite, favourite straight talk and favourite mentor. Oh, that's good. Uh, for me, I think mentor, I really like that discussion with uh, from the Daily Jocks which was Nick Egonidis. That's the one. Um, he was just like, I've always been interested about, um, you know, in a business you're listening to your audience, you're listening to the market. This is someone that tried so hard to listen to it, the market as much as possible. And even then he was still getting flack for no matter what he did. And he just gave this really good lesson of like, you're like, there's no such thing as a perfectionist in business. And I think that is whilst very obvious coming from a perspective like that, who, grew a business from something so community-based, no matter what he did, he wasn't going to please everyone. So he was, cause it just comes to a point where you're sticking to your guns because at the end of the day, you know, you got to look after number one and how the business runs. I think you would have definitely seen totally. things like that. In your but Elton John, I'm still standing. I mean, like that's that's what it's all about. Who Who's the last man standing is the winner mm. or the last woman standing is the winner in business. And then uh, Straight Talk, I was a huge fan of the Spanian chat, I think. Yeah, Spanian yeah. killed it. Spanian? How does Spanian go again? <laughs> I have known many cronks. I have known many gronks in my life. <laughs> Literally the office, like for a good two months, so just these two pinging off each other. Yeah. Doing it that. was very quotable chat. Really liked about it. What, would you, what would you say, Dimitri? Was um, for straight talk, uh, I like Spanish one, but I think I'm going to go with a bit out of left field. I loved the um, Grant Scooter Patterson one, to be honest. I think that was a really good chat. Heartfelt. I think um, I was listening to it in my car while driving home. I was like, this is. Um, just so inspiring. It's just there's literally no reason for anyone listening or any of us not to excel in whatever we do. I just it was so I found it very inspiring. Um, for the mentor as well, I really liked the one with Martin Lindstrom because um, he talked a lot about the idea of human observation. Um, I think as well one thing that's pushed onto me uh, in uni and in my general cohort is data, data. You know find everything, look at everything, uh, everything has to be researched to the nth degree. Whereas that, what Martin was really talking about was take a step back, just have a look around you. Just take a pause from all this uh, commotion that's going on online. Just use your own two eyes, your own brain, your own intuition and just- Common sense. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Have a look around. And I think that was really uh, intriguing. Yes. Um, Clean Waters Oceana, which is Will's- um, business. He works here with us and he also um, writes for Business Bullets Australia. Will is a particular character where you think you know exactly what he's about, but he. He gives wrong you, foots you. Pardon? He wrong foots you. Mm, yeah. And um, he's. Delightfully. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, he, what he, uh, his business is, is essentially creating clean water for, um, you know, anybody really. Um, but in particular, uh, remote areas of Australia, um, you know, indigenous communities, that sort of thing. And, um, his, he and his company have created, well, they've taken a product from, um, Israel and they're distributing it across Australia. And it's this great product where they provide clean water in a non-electrical way. They use um, solar energy, except what you realised, Mark, was that their marketing is not there. So you can have a really great idea, really great product, but they're just not getting it in front of the right people. What about ST? Let me talk about Flex. Um, so Flex mummy. A Flex mummy. <laughs> Walking into it, you may have been questioning, okay, what? I tell you it was. Yeah, like <laughs> what am I going to get out of this chat? Why am I here? Why is she the person talking to me? Um, but it, she is such an intellectual and she's so much fun. Jonah, come on. Um, the mentor, um, the, the Dom episode, uh, I, I, um, father and son, uh, and the, the father's not really involved with the business, but, um, but the son, well, I've, just the way they played off each other and the stories that came out of that. And the I think, dynamic. yeah, I think it opened my eyes at least to some different ways we can take this show as well. Cause like we've always been like, okay, it's one person and there's Mark and it's a story there. But um, I think particularly heading into new year, new year, the team got a lot of ideas about the show. And that episode for me was really a, Oh wow. This kid, this show can be like something I didn't imagine it could be before and straight talk. Um, there's been so many good ones this year. Um, Honourable mention to the Ned Brockman, um, I think, a story that inspired the nation. But for me, uh, Professor Alan Duffy, <laughs> we came in to record it at like 6.30, 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. It was a very early recording. and um, But from the start to the end of that chat, it, it started with this about storytelling and then into science and into uh, uh, space. And I thought you did a really good job of like finding the, the story through there about Science is about storytelling. It's about understanding things and about passing it on, and um, and it was beyond more than just astronomy. It was about about neuroscience and and the scientific method. And I just really, really, I was just right up my alley, and I really enjoy that. Mark, oh, well, I loved all of them. In terms of mentor, um, in just in terms of a business that started from nothing. And has become something quite significant. Um, I love Henderson AI. Mm. Um, it's Harrison AI. Harrison AI, I should say. Harrison AI. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, him and his brother did a fucking great job there. And one's a doctor and one's not a doctor, but one's a um, sort of a, a data type person and marketing type person. But how they brought that together and have raised so much money at Harrison AI, like they've raised a fortune. Um, and, their, and their mission is very good and very important. So... And they built it really brilliantly. And uh, in today's environment, it's hard to have businesses like that um, who have to, they've got a limited amount of money that they have to spend, and they're, but they're still recruiting. I see they're still recruiting people. I follow them and uh, I think that's a great business and they have a great objective in terms of a business idea, solving a problem with great technology. That I love that. And, and then overlaying it with it's a health issue. So it's a technology Problem, technology, health. That ticks all the boxes for me and obviously the investor market love it because they just gave them 100 million bucks. In terms of a straight talk, I mean, I actually do love every one of them. But um, And I love talking to my old mate, Abel Henry, um, Gwenya Graham. That was, it was great. Um, 
Em Rossiano was she was fantastic. Like I like riffing off her. Like her and I had I had fun doing that. Like that was a fun thing. Um, but probably probably Mark Hunt. I mean, I, I he's my mate, but I just love talking to him. But the thing that took me by surprise was how open he was about you know being a kid and being living in that shit environment that he lived in. And his sister and his two brothers as well, well one of which is a late brother, um, just made me appreciate. Well, that's what Straight talks about for me, anyway. Making me appreciate how fucking lucky I am, and uh, and what not to do as a father, perhaps, um, and making sure you're not generational. And uh, the way he's been able to deal with it and openly talk about goes to therapy. Sure, he's a fighter, but and why he fights? He fought, fights, still fights because he still feels as though he wasn't there to protect his sister when she was 14 and he was eight. That's fucking mental. And it's such a big thing for Polynesian communities My as God, well. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, that, that, that was a really, for me, had a, that was a big moment for me because I've known Mark for a long, long time. And it was shit I didn't know about. I knew that sort of some of the stuff out of his book, but I didn't think he would actually sort of say it in front of me. So M was fun. Mark was a tugged on the heartstrings and uh, really brought it home for us. Towards the end of the year, it was great. It was a great... We're getting such good, fucking unbelievably good guests on Straight Talk. Like people coming at us from everywhere, you know, uh, from overseas. Um, you know, we had obviously had Angela, Angela White. She lives in LA. I mean, like people coming here to promote other things like Sexpo. She's here to promote Sexpo. They're coming to our place. Can you? Can I promote Sexpo through Angela White through the Straight Talk podcast? Well, That's I, pretty fucking I cool. I find it interesting that we've had like the range we have. Like we had when he was sitting, Scott Morrison come in for one, his only long format yeah. uh, podcast this year before, right before the election. Sorry, Scott, we couldn't help you, mate. <laughs> but there was a problem. No, that was an interesting day. We had like when the AF, we had the AFP come through and they had to, it was like a full security coming through, yeah, checking out the desks, in the covers. It was great. Um, and when we had the Commissioner of Police as well, up. same, same deal. Yeah. When, 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 when Karen Webb came through as Commissioner of New South Wales, yeah. Commissioner of New South Wales Police, we had the same deal. Yeah. They swept the joint, making sure there's no drama in it, you know. Like, that was pretty cool too. Mm. We get some fucking really good, really good guests and I have to thank you guys for that and I have to thank our um, audience for you know, supporting us. And yeah, otherwise, totally. if we didn't have a supporting audience, we wouldn't have any guests. And um, so, Kook, been great. Kooky, thanks very much for all your work, mate. Um, you come in every month and uh, John, I did a great job uh, sitting in for me when I thought I had COVID but Actually, I didn't have it. That's my favourite episode of The Mentor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, I guess finally, I mean, I'd like to ask you guys, what have we learnt from this year? What have we learnt about our business and ourselves? What did you get out of it? I mean, you got your favourite podcast, I get that, but what did you learn out of being here? Action, action equals information has become a bit of a, a motto uh, for us here. Um, like so many, whether it's uh, I always remember Erica Birch told story the um, the mentor about just throwing something over the um, over the uh, into John Law's house. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But just action, like it, it doesn't matter what the result is. Um, they go from a conic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, if you do something, you will get action that will inform you of your next step, whether it's the right one or not. And but just keep doing them. Yeah, and for me personally, like I mean, I mean, you, you know this, Mark. I'm I'm someone who tends to overthink things and and will put the thinking instead <laughs> before before the doing. And um, yeah, just seeing all our guests this year, the people who've done something. And I think everyone listening to this, like the one thing to take out of this show is just do, just yeah. just do. Nike, just do it. Yeah, and keep doing it. 
100%. I think for me, like we've seen over, over the past like three years, it's just flexibility in what you can do. Sometimes there are just going to be forces that are completely out of your control, whether it be economic, economic downturns, war, you know, uh, cost of living crisis. COVID. COVID, exactly. These are things that are, you have to come to terms that you were not going to be able to, contr- to control. So in your business or your role within a business, you just have to be as flexible as possible. If something doesn't work, you have to find something to, like to replace that. Just keep moving. Like you, you cannot be stagnant at all. Uh, and I think we've all felt that. Um, like in, I think every business has felt that over the past you know, couple of years. Um, I think going to 2023, that's just going to be highlighted more. If like if we're going to recession, this is when people need to be as flexible as possible. And, you know, don't stay still. Just don't stay still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it all just comes back to um, action equals information. Um, you know, I know that people listening would kill to be in my position to be uh, alongside you, Thank Mark. You. Thank you. Thank <laughs> um, you. And I just think, like, you have to be pushing your own boundaries. You have to push your limits all the time. And um, you're someone, Mark, who doesn't think about things for too long. You just do it and you see if it works and you test it and constantly tinkering. And um, I think that's solidified in me a lot more this year. Uh, for me, just to, yeah, following on that on a very similar sort of theme, but it would be um, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. I think that's been my biggest thing personally this year. Um, try to throw myself in the deep end a lot. Um, and I think that it's just, you know, if you're staying within that comfort zone, no, you're not really going to progress in any way. At least if you put yourself in the deep end, try something new, then something might happen, uh, you know, it might change in some way, a positive way, it might be negative too, but at least then, like we said, you have that information, right? So, yeah, I think just if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. This dude here, Dimitri, was very, very sick a little, not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, very sick. We're very glad you're back. We're all very worried about you, uh, as, uh, as was your mother. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we're glad you're back. You're back to the same old smarts that you had before. Um we don't know what you actually had. Um, ultimately, you'll find out at some stage. Um, but you know, we're really glad we got you back here for now and for 2023. I want to wish you all happy holidays and Merry Christmas for those you are that way inclined. Um, and uh, and I want to say thank you, a special thank you to the audience, which allows me to, if I didn't have the numbers, I couldn't do this. So you, the audience, allow me to um, have great guests I get to learn about people and learn things and change my views on life from being uh, as an older person, you know, getting away from stodgy views and um, having an open mind on just about everything these days. And in terms of me learning, I'm learning all the time. Keeping up with the market. I totally just learning about what you guys do, what you guys find. Like Flex, for example, like I would never have spoken to Flex in a million years. I wouldn't have even followed her. But now I I like her. She's a friend. I talk to her on Instagram. I see her at the gym sometimes. (laughs) And uh, it's cool. And uh, it's something people in my um, generation never get a chance to do. So we're going to come back firing hard in 2023. Ready. Better than ever. Uh, More interesting guests than ever. And um, and if you want something, you, you want us to try and chase something down, tell us about it. We're going to try and chase it down if we can. We're not always successful, but we knock on everyone's door and it's quite relentless process. So um, cool. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas to you, Mark. Thank, Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. See you guys. 
Thanks for listening to The Mentor. Audio and production is by Jess Morley. And production assistants, Jonathan Leondis. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.